welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Well, I am back from the Afterlife Symposium in Scottsdale, Arizona, which was brought to us from the wonderful folks at the AREI, which stands for the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. I'm here to tell you about my experiences at the symposium, and then also to share with you the speech that I gave, which was called Living the Miraculous Life. Now, there were over 40 speakers talking throughout the weekend on so many subjects about the afterlife. We had, well, we had great physical mediums there. We had great evidential mediums. We had people talking about EVP. Uh, Sonia Rinaldi, the fantastic scientist, was there. It was chock full of earth-shattering, fantastic information about the reality of the afterlife. I think, but I'm not sure, that there were probably almost 700 people there from all over the world. And I feel so humbled and honored that so many people that listen to this show attended. And between you and I, you know, I think I say this enough on the show, but I sit at home in the privacy of my own bedroom, usually calling extraordinary people recording these shows, but I never get to meet in person the people that listen. And certainly I get your emails and your Facebook messages, and I love that. But when I met so many of you face to face and heard so many stories, and most of them, I have to be honest, start with hardships and tremendous stories of grief and loss. And then people were to tell me that I found your show or I found your book that led to the show. And even wives who first started listening and then brought the husbands in and now they've listened to all 270 something episodes. I I really feel humbled, honored, and delighted that I get to be a player in bringing this wonderful afterlife and living life information to you. So I want to say a huge thank you, whether you were at the symposium or not, for being somebody who listens, for being someone who puts your own life into these episodes. And I know that not all episodes are for everybody, but for you listening from a point of how can this episode help me in my life? You know, there's billions of people on planet Earth, and there's not a one-size-fits-all belief or truth about living life and the afterlife. So I'm passionate about each one of us finding our own truths and being able to live life in accordance with that. Um, But honest to God, I was so humbled and honored to meet so many people face-to-face and to be able to share your stories and hug you and kiss you and some, <laughs> some people. And uh, yeah, it was really, really wonderful. And if you're looking at the photo from this episode, you're going to see me dressed kind of like a 20s flapper. There was on Saturday night, a party, and it was called Come As You Were, as in a past life. And uh, yeah, I decided to just be fun and, and dress like the 20s. So people have asked me, was I a flapper in my past life? And I have no idea. But the dress fit, bought it on Amazon, and I thought it would be fun to wear. And anyways, it was just great. So 
again, I'm not going to tell you about everything that happened at the symposium because the truth is I wasn't in the rooms for most of the symposium. Where I was, was I had a table set up, a We Don't Die radio table with my banner, and I made myself available at every break so I could be there to talk to the listeners and just anyone who wanted to find out about the show. So I made myself just open and available as much as I could. But I did have a unique experience because um, some of you know, but not everybody knows, is my now great friend Scott Milligan and his partner Darren trusted me and flew to the United States to attend the symposium. And for those of you who don't know, Scott Milligan is one of a handful of demonstrating physical mediums in the world. And he's the only one that I know that's an actual tutor that, um, you know, you can't become a physical medium overnight. And I don't think everybody's meant to be one. But he does teach on how to blend with our own uh, spirit guides, if you want to call them that, friends, controls, those people in the unseen world and how to have our best life as being a human being. So I've attended plenty of retreats at Banyan Retreat in the UK, which if you've listened to this show long enough, you've heard my stories. But I built up a great relationship with Scott. And I said, you know, coming to America would be a good thing. Because a lot of people in America don't know about this form of mediumship. Not only is he a physical medium, but he's a trance medium. And let me just tell you just how the week went for me. I arrived, first of all, on the Tuesday before the symposium after working a long week catering for the races in Monterey, California. So I showed up exhausted from working 16-hour days, but inside, emotionally, I was so excited because you're my people, you know, the people that I get to share about life after death and living life. Um, I think you're a lot like me that there aren't many people we can talk to about this. And uh, yeah, some of my life, I just revert back to Sandra, the chef or Sandra, the daughter, um, and not so open about this with everybody. So to be to know that I was coming into being with a group of people that I could just shout from the rooftops, I believe in the afterlife, you know, I was just great. And, and all these things we talk about on the show. So I was really excited for this sense of freedom. Well, I had arranged two of these seances with Scott Milligan to demonstrate off the premises of the symposium. So it really didn't have anything to do with the symposium. Um, I found a wonderful church called Church of the Living Spirit, which is in Phoenix. And if you're somebody in Phoenix and you're interested in life after death, um, Church of the Living Spirit is a great place, a small church, good people, and it's great if you ever have a chance to visit them. But my friend, Mary Beth Lavecchio, who you've heard me introduce her, uh, she organized this space along with her church members and to turn it into a seance room. Now, I know sometimes the word seance sounds scary, but it, it's just a meeting place is all it means. And if you can picture, there was, um, she had arranged the chairs, 40 chairs in a circle. There was a cabinet, which was actually just four pieces of black fabric with a chair beneath it. And that's where our medium, Scott, got to sit. And of course, he's tied down to the chair. So there's no doubt that he's not manipulating the room and, and doing any fraudulent things. And so um, 
I did experience a lot of people a bit angry with me that they didn't know about these seances. So if you're one of those people, I apologize. But back in May, I had made an announcement on one of the shows that we were going to have them and people had to apply for them. Um, David Thompson, who's also another physical medium, he also did two seances and also had to apply with those with Wendy Zamet. And the thing is, is there was only a total of 80 seats when there was about 700 people in the symposium. And I just thought, how are we going to do this for the first time? And so it was one of those things that was first come first serve. But I can tell you, if you are on my email list, which is we don't die radio.com and make sure you sign up for the insiders club, the next time these mediums come around, you will be in the top of the list invited before I even announce them on the radio show, I will send out an email. So and I think you can understand we just couldn't get to everybody. And I honestly didn't know how it was going to go the first time in the United States for Scott and all of a sudden to do one of these seances, but you know, it was worth going for. So on the Tuesday, I met with Mary Beth, the minister, went to lunch, made sure the seance room was great. They had to darken the windows because it has to be a dark atmosphere. And then on the Tuesday night, I picked up Scott and Darren at the airport. They had spent a few days in New York City and visited Ground Zero, paying their respects, as well as some fun times they had. And so we on Wednesday, we checked out this seance room and on Oh, we bought some toys for the spirit children to play with, and we had some musical instruments and yeah, all kinds of great things. And then Wednesday night, I had gone over to the church early with Scott and Darren and our friend Rob Blackburn, who's also a developing physical medium here in the United States. And a busload of people met at the at the hotel where the symposium was held, boarded a bus and came half hour drive over to this church. And Darren and I boarded the bus and we explained what was going to happen or what could happen through the seance. And it was so funny because, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, if you're afraid of the dark, um, spirit children may touch you, uh, you have to sing loud. And Meanwhile, you have to picture this, there's a bus driver who's listening to this whole thing. And I'm thinking, you know, inside I'm dying. I'm like, what in the world does this guy think we're doing? You know, he picks up everybody at the Doubletree Hotel. And and uh, now we're making an announcement about spirit people might touch you. So inside, I mean, I was dying. So we made sure we gave him a good tip. But it was very funny uh, internally. So everybody filed into this room and everybody took off their shoes and their jewelry. And one of the things about these seances is there might be something called apports. And this could be jewelry or just something, flowers, who knows, that appear out of nowhere. And to make sure that everybody's got their jewelry off, make sure if something does appear, somebody doesn't say, oh, that was mine and I just happened to drop it. So we had all of our belongings locked up in a cabinet or in a little room inside the church there. And we sat in a circle. The lights went down. Scott was tied down to the chair. Plenty of people tested to make sure he could not get up. Because, you know, I think that's a fear with everybody. If something happens in the dark, you know, your mind seems to think that somebody's got to be uh, pulling one over on us. Like there's got to be some kind of fraud. And it's really good to be skeptical. And 
you know, if you've heard this show before, you've heard me talk about ectoplasm, which has always been a difficult word for me to say, because it reminds me of the green slimy stuff in Ghostbusters. But there is this stuff that emanates out of the medium's pancreas and um, can come out of his nose or his pores or his mouth. And our loved ones can actually step into it and become real again. And it's hard for the mind to get around. And I get that. And even you may have heard me say this, but Dan Aykroyd, who wrote the movie Ghostbusters, his grandfather was a spiritualist who held these seances. So when young Dan wrote the movie Ghostbusters, he used a word that he was very familiar with, and that word is ectoplasm. So I feel a little bit more comfortable saying the word, although I can't convince anybody of its reality over a radio show or over pictures on Facebook and Just yesterday, uh, I released an audio from Scott, who did a questions and answer period in trance. And, you know, people think it's fraudulent. They think, oh, this guy's got to be putting it on. And yeah, I have a skeptical brain, and that's where it always wants to go first. But I encourage you, if you are someone who even thinks there's a remote possibility of reality in this, come with me to one of these seances. Come with me. I'm going in November. Voices of the Past at Banyan Retreat. I go there every year. Um, and, and you experience this firsthand for a not a lot of money. And it is life changing. And I'm sure I'll talk about it later. But Voices of the Past co.uk is what that's all about. But anyways, back to the seances. Uh, plenty of skeptical people really searched the room. They made Scott sure Scott was um, really tied down that there's no getting up throughout the course of the evening. They would get up routinely to make sure he is in place. And then what the seance looks like is a lot of singing and music and laughter. And there was a lot of laughter because there was bad singing. Uh, We were singing like these sing-along songs. But laughter and music, especially the human voice, really raises the vibration for this this, uh, phenomena to occur. And Daniel is one of Scott's spirit controls that speak through him, kind of the master of ceremonies, really good sense of humor. And he brought through spirit children. So uh, we're all holding hands, mind you. And if anybody broke the circle, we were to notify the circle leader, which is Darren, because we want to believe that there's nobody there in the group that is breaking the circle and is doing these things. So the highest amount of integrity is held. But at the same time, um, a drum was being beaten, a harmonica's being blown, um, little toy pianos being uh, banged on. And you just got this vision that there were all these spirit children in the room playing at the same time. There was some glow-in-the-dark tape on some hula hoops and some trumpets. And so it looks like things are floating around. Uh, A lot of people felt the touch of little spirit fingers and or they were like tapped lightly with one of these trumpets and it was just beautiful and we had a communicator come through this is you know another picture you have to create in your mind but this ectoplasm can find uh, form a voice box and the spirit folks can attempt to speak through it and have their voice be real again and by the time this seance was over it was over a couple of hours actually but scott's chair had been lifted turned around Outside of the cabinet, the black drapes that were a part of this cabinet were actually shoved down the back of his pants. And there's no way he could do that with his arms uh, very tightly 
tied onto the chair. But then all of the toys and musical instruments were all about the room, uh, not in the nice little pile they started at. And even there was a dish towel from the kitchen area of the church that was actually brought into the middle. So someone somehow got over us and was able to grab that and bring it in. So it was really a great, great, great demonstration. Lots of tears shared, especially when the communicator come th- came through and talked to their their person. So that was on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we did, Scott Milligan did a presentation, about a half day presentation from nine to four with a lunch break about physical mediumship and teaching people how to blend with our own spirit team. So each one of us has a group dedicated to us that were there before we even came onto this earth, helping us live the best lives possible. So there were so many different exercises and lecture he gave about blending with the spirit world. It was so beautiful and so moving. And what was really special is at the very end, he got the message from his spirit team to sit in trance and answer some questions from the audience. So with his eyes closed, we played three pieces of music and Eric came through, which is, uh, sounds like an older gentleman, uh, very English. And then Daniel with his Cockney accent was answering questions. So thankfully I recorded this and in the description of this episode, I have a link to that. I have a lot of links in this description, by the way, for this episode, because I think the things you want to hear. And if you are listening not on YouTube somewhere else, you can easily go to wedontdieradio.com. And then just under episode 276, I will have the links to all of these things that I'm mentioning to make it really easy for you, because I want to bring you a taste of what the symposium was from my eyes. And again, there were so many speakers talking about so many things that all I can give you is my story. But for me, my my journey was life-changing as well. Thursday night, we did another seance and um, a bus, another busload of people showed up at the, at the Church of the Living Spirit. We boarded the bus again to give the pre-talk and there was the same bus driver. And that's when I handed him the, the good tip. And I said, I just said to him, I said, I can't even imagine what you think. And uh, he just looked at me and he just shook his head and he says, we pick up all kinds, he says, with with this bus company. So anyways, you know, I trust that perhaps that man had a loved one who has crossed into the spirit world. And maybe, just maybe, there was something that he needed to hear based on that conversation. You just never know. The Thursday night seance, I was happy that I could get my hands on it on a digital tape recorder. So the Thursday night seance, I was able to record audio with an audio. And so I've actually have the copy of that. And again, if you go to we don't die radio.com episode 276, there's a link and it's it's long, it's about two hours, but you actually get to listen to what it sounded like being in the seance. And some of the most extraordinary things is um, I'm sitting right next to Scott, who is in the cabinet. And I have both of my hands on the person sitting next to me. Uh, it was a fellow by the name of, of Keith. And Darren, who is the circle leader, sat on the other side of the cabinet. And he had both of his hands on a woman as well. And everybody else was holding hands. So it was very obvious, and Scott tied down in the chair, that we weren't 
getting up and, and manipulating anything. And Daniel, the uh, spirit friend that works through Scott, he can actually turn on the music, change music. It's crazy. And there were times that he was speaking and I could hear the voice coming from right next to me. But then out in the room, there are these things that have the glow in the dark tape on them. They're moving all over the place and the musical instruments are are going and it's really incredible. We were blessed that we had some of the members of Helping Parents Heal in the group and two children actually got to speak through this ectoplasmic voice box to their parents, to their moms. And there was not a dry eye in the room. It was so beautiful and such evidence of our loved ones don't die. They're still around. And they brought through their own personality, their sense of humor. And those mothers know beyond a shadow of a doubt that 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 was their children. There was also, yeah, a lot of musical instruments being played. There was um, a lot of things floating around. And you just imagine that all of these children are playing. There's also a young man by the name of Norman that comes out and you'll laugh and love him when you listen to his portion on the audio from the seance. And he had told us that he had done something in the room. And so what's interesting now is, mind you, Scott sitting right next to me in the cabinet, the voice of Norman is actually coming from like inside the circle, uh, several feet from where I, I was. And he was banging a drum and making noise. And I'm thinking, there's a person there. I mean, it's just really incredible. And eventually, when the lights got turned back on, those hula hoops, which are, how do I even say this? You have to put them together. They're not just totally solid. There was something I had to put together once they had come in the box from Amazon. Um, But Norman had taken them apart and then strung all three of the hula hoops together and had also intertwined two of the bags that were in the room with the hula hoops. So I thought, and that's, that's incredible. And the hula hoops were on the far opposite side of the room. So the ectoplasm that was uh, emanating from Scott and Norman stepping into it, he was way the heck on the opposite side of the room. Also who came through is Morningstar, which is one of Scott's also spirit controls who hasn't appeared in a seance, they say in a long time. And even though he was one of the first voices that came through Scott, he provided such wisdom and love and such a profound statement. Man, I I won't even do it justice to try to repeat what was said, but I really encourage you to listen to the seance because um, I really felt that Morningstar, who is Native American, was now back on his homeland and that is why he came through to speak. But it was like a message about equality and you know, I took it personally that when you look at a, another set of eyes, you're just seeing another one of you. There's no color, different sex, sexuality, race. You know, we really are one. So just beautiful, just beautiful. And so when the whole thing was over and the lights came on, of course, the room was a mess. You know, the spirit kids had thrown things all over, but not a dry eye in the circle. People's lives were changed forever. And again, I know a skeptical mind, if you don't sit in this, 
you think, how can it be? The brain can't get around how something like this could be possible. You know, and I always try to say on my shows, you know, when we really look at a quantum level, we are made 100% up of energy. And if you put a little uh, camera in one of our tiniest cells or atoms, all there is is vibrating space, we're invisible. So it's very hard to stretch the mind to think these things are possible. But when you experience them, you really get that you go from a place of like a faith that the afterlife is real. And then you kind of go to a belief that it's real. But then after being at one of these seances, there's this knowing, especially hearing the children talk to their parents, to the mothers, once again, really great. So Friday, Friday, that was Thursday night, Friday, it started off with a bang uh, with Sonia Rinaldi's speech and her slide presentation. Sonia Rinaldi I've had in the show, but she's the the world's leading scientist on capturing what's called trans images and um, EVPs or electronic voice phenomena. She's done this for free for her entire past 30 plus years. She's reconnected parents with their children over voice. Parents have been able to record, Sonia has been able to record voices of children and play them for their parents, which you can assume is very healing. But over the last two years, her expertise is changed into videotaping and pictures from people in the afterlife. And she showed the most incredible display of pictures. And if you can imagine somebody filming maybe a television set that's turned off or a computer screen that's turned off, or she'll even take a piece of bubble wrap and put it in front of a live person and then just film them. And when it gets played back, that you that was, you know, coming through the bubble wrap, that picture could be changed into your deceased loved ones. And so the inventor, Nikola Tesla, is someone that she works with. And how she knows this is his voice has actually come through saying he's Tesla. And then on these trance images, he his face has actually come through. So you can see him and compared to pictures of when he lived, it's the same guy. So part of her presentation is she did this case study of 30 girls, 30 women, and it was 30 alive people who in each one of the examples, either their children or their mother came through from the afterlife. There were pictures of people as they had lived and the pictures that came through on these trance images. And they're the same people, but they're not the same pictures. It's not like somehow energetically a picture just got um, placed on there. There was even a young boy that showed images of himself in different ages, you know, and it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Some of the presentations were recorded at a cost and live streamed, but all of them got recorded and are available for video on demand. And the website streamingforthesoul.com has them all, including my speech, which I'm going to tell you what I talked about at the end of this episode. But you can go to streamingforthesoul.com. And I think it says AREI Afterlife Symposium, you can buy one of the speeches for $20. And I think all of them including, well, more stuff for like 97 or something like that. I also have a link to that in the description of this episode and on wedontdieradio.com, episode 276. So Friday was just spectacular. Again, 
there were so many speeches going on from great people. You know, the great Mark Anthony medium was there. Suzanne Wilson was there. Ann Clark was there with Life Between Lives. There's, oh, gosh, I, I apologize to all the presenters because I'm not doing justice because I know there were so many really, really, really incredible afterlife experts there. Cyrus Kirkpatrick was there, Stafford Betty. Um, I'm just looking at the, uh, the, program right now. Friday afternoon, I mean, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of Scott Milligan. In fact, I've adopted him as my little brother because I think he's so extraordinary and so much fun. But Friday night, he did, or Friday late afternoon, he did a great presentation on physical mediumship. And it was a slideshow and complete with pictures of ectoplasm and he had some molded spirit hands, in which case these ectoplasmic people had dipped their fingers in in wax and then water and then wax. And then these wax molds were filled with, um, I don't even know what it is, plaster, something like that. And you could see the spirit people's hands. And he, I, I could just see everybody's faces of total shock, like that this is possible. But man, it is. We are some pretty amazing human beings. And I think there's so much that's happening on planet Earth that we can't even begin to imagine. Friday night was special. Ann Albers and Debbie Johnstone, who have both been guests on this show, they did a banquet. So it was dinner was included. And it was an extra cost to go to that. But they talked about angels and then our animals also being our, our angels. And I'm really happy to always say that when it's our moment to cross over, not only will our loved ones be there, but our pets will be there as well. And it's just it's so fantastic. Saturday morning, I got got up early. And again, I placed myself right at my booth, you know, to be there for anybody that wanted to chat. And Saturday morning, Scott Milligan did a trance question and answer program, I guess that's what you call it. And so if you can imagine, we were in one of the the conference rooms, I sat on the left side of Scott, and his partner Darren sat on the right side of Scott, and Scott sat in the middle, he took off his glasses, he didn't need to be able to see anybody, there's probably hmm, almost 200 people in the audience played a few pieces of music just to relax him and to get him to blend uh, with the spirit world. We dimmed the lights a little bit. And out of his mouth came a person by the name of Eric, who delivered just a really nice welcome and talking about death being an illusion, followed by Daniel. And if you've heard Daniel's voice before, uh, he's like I said, he's Cockney fellow who's got a really funny sense of humor. But many people asked questions. And if you know Scott's personality, it's very clear that he's not like he didn't have answers memorized ahead of time. Um, he's not putting on voices. Now, yes, these spirit people are using his vocal cords. So some of the, the words might sound like him and as well they should because they're using his his vocal cords. But questions were asked about just random questions about the nature of prayer. What is the meaning of life? One very vulnerable woman had witnessed a death of a loved one and was feeling tremendous guilt and brought that up. And there were so many different questions that were asked. And with such love and inspiration and profound, like divine wording, Daniel answered every question, not coming up for air, not let me think about it, not hesitating over the words. And being in that presence, you just know 
number one, like this is the real deal. And number two, we get to keep our sense of humor in the afterlife, which is great. So I have that recorded also for you. And it'll say um, Saturday trance Q&A. And you can click on that link and you can listen to that as well. Saturday afternoon. Now, Saturday was filled with speakers. If you can imagine, there were so many speakers that every 45 minutes, you had a choice of going between three different rooms to attend a speaker that sounded of interest to you. You know, so there was a lot going on. And again, I spent much time at my booth just talking to listeners and listening, actually. Yeah, listening. And so there was a panel discussion. George Nori, who is the host of Coast to Coast AM, is one heck of a funny band. But he had a panel of six people on stage, and he was asking them questions about the afterlife and living life and their beliefs. And it was very engaging. So I really enjoyed being part of that. Saturday night, there was a party. It was another one of these banquets. It's called Come As You Were. So you see me as a flapper. Scott Milligan dressed as a woman. <laughs> He's a funny man. And, you know, there's so many people that dressed up. So there was a, a lot of laughter. There was a bar. So a little bit of drinking, lots of laughter. And it was a great award ceremony, really awarding people that have done so much for spreading the reality of the afterlife, helping people through grief. And I, I had gotten the word that I was getting an award, but I didn't know what, I didn't know when. And so I was thrilled to hear my name announced as the recipient of the Global Ambassador Award. So like the Academy Awards, I got to get up on stage and and make a speech. And basically, the speech had something to do with, you know, my grief set me on this journey. And that for each person that was there. And I know that every one of us at the Afterlife Symposium has had a loved one depart. We call them lost, but I don't believe they're lost. I believe they're they're right with us. But that's the thing that brought us all together. And so my acceptance speech was pretty much saying, yes, this has happened, but yes, this can be the thing that cracks us wide open to go on our own spiritual journey. Because truth be told, I would go through my father's death a thousand times to have those people that I met face to face, have their lives be transformed, have them get healing, have them get hope. So for each one of us, we don't know which, what part we're going to play in service to humanity. And it could be just the only thing you ever do is talk to a stranger on an airplane and share your story. And that changes somebody's life. But I do think that service, they say, is the coin of the spirit world. And anytime we can make a difference with another human being's life, that's where the magic is. Um, Anyway, Sunday was the closing ceremonies for the symposium after a morning of great talks. I'm happy I got to sit in William Peter's demonstration talking about shared death experiences. And he is just a magnificent soul. He knows a lot about near-death experiences. He, The shared death experience is very similar to a near-death experience, except for when you're by the bedside of a person who is soon to pass into the spirit world, you actually see what they see. You see their loved ones 
coming. You see, you might see the light at the end of the tunnel. You might be with them as they cross over. They continue going. You come back. And the fact that he is a a grief, I don't want to say grief counselor, which he very well may be, but he knows a lot about grief and a lot about near-death experiences, but that he actually teaches this shared death experience. He's somebody I'd like to partner up with because as great as it is to talk about life after death, you know, there's a real need to hear about healing people through grief and then also preparing us all for when we take that last breath, you know? So he's what a great man he is. And then um, Mark Pitstick, who is on the Soul Phone Foundation, he's just a great man. He did something called the Angel Wash and it was just beautiful. It was uh, oh, one of these times where we would walk down a line of people. There were people on either side of us. Our eyes were be cl- would be closed and it was like we could leave all of our problems and fears and everything aside and with our eyes closed walk through a whole stream of people that were telling us that we're important and loved and it was very healing I mean it was just really really nice it was sad saying my goodbyes on Sunday but you know the French say au revoir until we meet again and certainly we will meet again in fact I left the symposium really knowing that it's time to start my own events. And while the symposium happens once a year in the West Coast in Scottsdale, I thought, you know, I'm an East Coast girl. And so I was brainstorming with Scott Milligan and also Sonia Rinaldi, the scientist. And how about having a We Don't Die conference? And so even though we don't know where they're going to be, somewhere on the East Coast, maybe Boston and Orlando or Atlanta, it's going to be near a big airport, But if anybody's interested, just put a little pencil mark in your calendars. The first one's going to be February 21st through 24th. And the second one is going to be March 28th through 31st. And so, so far, it's me, uh, Sonia Rinaldi, the scientist with all the great pictures and research from, you know, all the film she's captured, Scott Milligan, who's just brilliant physical medium. And we're going to do everything we can to make some of these seances happen again on the American soil. But they're going to be called just We Don't Die conferences. And so if you're, again, if you're on my mailing list, which is wedontdieradio.com Insiders Club, you will be the first to know about them. It's going to take me a little work to figure out the logistics of where, because I want them to be reasonably priced. I also plan on videotaping them to make them like these speeches available to all around the world. So that's my big picture. Also, as far as the next year's symposium, it's not going to be called a symposium, but rather Spirit Summit. And John Holland, the famous medium, will be there. That's going to be September 19th through 22nd. I don't believe it's going to be as big an event as the symposium, but it is going to be part of an AREI event, as will my We Don't Die conferences, because I think it's so important for those of us in this field to join arm in arm, share each other, share the research, uh, and to work together to get this information out. So, anyways, that's it. So, after the closing ceremonies, Scott, Darren, and I hopped on a flight. We went to Las Vegas for fun, you know, and it was just nice to relax, sleep in, laugh. The fellows that own the Banyan Retreat in the UK were actually in America. So they met us 
in Las Vegas, stayed at the Mirage Hotel. We just had a lot of fun walking around the city. We went to see a Cirque du Soleil show. We went and we saw Queen in concert with Adam Lambert is the lead singer. And that was really fun. After that, Scott, Darren and I hopped on a flight. We flew to Los Angeles. We did a Hollywood tour. We went to Disneyland. We went to Universal Studios. And then on Sunday, we said our goodbyes. And it was so great just because we're talking about our future events. We're talking about really impacting in the world. You know, a lot of things in the world are very expensive, you know, and I have this feeling that when these We Don't Die conferences come about and any mediums that might be associated with them, that we bring the code of ethics to the United States that they have in the UK. Uh, In the UK, it's 40 to 50, or it's 50 to 60 pounds for a half hour of a medium reading, which is reasonable. And within the first 10 minutes, if if there's no connection or you don't feel there's integrity in the reading, either the medium or the recipient can stop it. And I think that's great. You know, so I'd really like to make medium readings affordable to people, provide the best mediums, create a list of really great mediums, excuse me. And so I think all of this is doable. So there we were at the amusement parks creating what is the best way to impact grief, help people know their loved ones are are around, bring this information out, partner with the AREI. And, you know, we're doing all this as we're waiting to get on the Harry Potter ride, you know, or that we're going down some crazy water slide that we all get drenched. And I personally feel so happy that I can freely be Sandra amongst my friends from the symposium my co-speakers and things. And I think for all of us, what I see globally is that we actually start meeting, whether it's in person or in Zoom groups, that we're free to be who we are and talk about what we love. In fact, if you if you are or if you aren't a member of the AREI, and you can go to afterlifeinstitute.org and join for $25 a year, but if you, but there's these uh, online Zoom meetings, which you can participate for free. And if you go to victorzamet.com forward slash Zoom, you can participate in some of these. There's so many online meetings talking about various things about the afterlife and find something that you're interested in. So many people were at the symposium saying to each other, I met you at the Zoom group, you know, and, and just to see people get reunited like that. It was really wonderful. So I think that's it that I need to tell you about the symposium. Again, my apologies, because there were so many magnificent speakers. And I just physically was not in the room with them because I knew the place that I needed to be was there for the listeners. So I am going to stop my recording for just a second, have a glass of water, and then I'll come right back. And I will tell you about the speech that I gave which is, if we don't die, who are we and how to live a miraculous life? So I'll be right back. Okay, I am back. And the speech that I gave was living a miraculous life. And what is a miracle, after all? 
So I looked up on Webster's Dictionary the definition of a miracle, and it is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. So what does a miracle have to do with life after death? Well, as you know, we are now on episode 276 and this many hours of interviews and over 20 years of exploration, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we don't die. Now, if we don't die, who are we? And I believe that we are souls having a human experience. And if you picture souls, what do you think of? I think of souls floating around the heavenly realm with clouds and harps and everything we want is instantaneously available. If we want to see a friend, we think it and they are there. If we want a hot fudge sundae, we think it and voila, there it is. And so I think as souls, we think it, it becomes real. Now we come into this life, I think, and we forget who we really are. But underneath it all, under the skin, and the bones, and the ego, and all that, we still are souls and having a human experience. So if miracles are possible in the hereafter, how do we have miracles here before the after? Well, that sounds kind of funny. But anyways, that's what I am speaking about today. And I think that part of us coming into the reality of humanity is this is a place that we can experience so much more than we can if we are in the heavenly realm. You know, and I I gave this example. If you think of your favorite food right now, okay, you think of it, I'll think of mine. So right now I'm thinking of chocolate, okay? If you get to eat your favorite food, which is really special, But if that becomes your only food to eat all the time, is it special to you anymore? No, becomes regular. So if we are souls living in this heavenly realm, that everything's good all the time, it becomes pretty bland and boring. And they say that there's a line of souls waiting in the hereafter that want to come to earth, want to have this experience, because it is the one place for our souls to grow. We learn, you know, for pain, there's pleasure. For happiness, there's sadness. You know, there's, an, there's opposite of extremes to everything. But this is where we can experience mo- emotions. This is where we get the most growth for our soul. So coming into this life, it is said that we have amnesia and we forget who we really are. And it's my personal belief that why there's so much newfound talk about the afterlife is it is time for people to start remembering who we are. There's too much pain. And so we're getting these um, signals to remind us of who we are. So we come to this lifetime and miracles are a pretty heavy word. So if you think of miracle, you might think of something coming out of nowhere or Jesus giving the blind vision or walking on water when you think of miracles. But there's actually a whole range of these things called miracles in my mind. And there's things called synchronicities. There's things called coincidences. And you wonder where it's come from. Have you ever thought the same thing as another person at the same time? My mom and I have that. We could be driving for hours, not saying a word. And then all of a sudden we say the same thing at the same time synchronicity. You could think of a friend and all of a sudden the phone rings and it's them calling. 
You know, I, I fit, believe that fits into the miraculous realm. There are times where maybe a loved one has departed. You have a husband named Tommy who died. And then all of a sudden you look up and there's Tommy's dry cleaners. Or you look at a license plate and it says, Tommy won. Those signs, I believe, are miraculous. That's us connecting to our soul level into this divine divine source. So on our conversation today, I want you to give you a few tools to help you remember and believe who you are and have some of these things happen more often. I want to talk to you more about these coincidences, synchronicities, or miracles. Albert Einstein used to say, there are two ways to live your life as though nothing is a miracle or as though everything is a miracle. And Albert Einstein was someone who would walk around in the morning. Every step he took, he would say, I am grateful for this. I am grateful for that. And in the course of feeling gratitude, I believe his vibration was raised and he would have more divine ideas. Also, Albert Einstein used to sit in the silence. He would hold two metal balls in his hand. He'd sit in a chair and he would present whoever he believed in with a problem. And he would just clear his mind and hopefully the answer would come to him. Now, with the metal balls, if these balls dropped out of his hands, meant he fell asleep and then banging to the floor would wake him up and he would start again. So this is somebody who used the power of gratitude, of clearing his mind, being in the present moment to produce some results in his life. There are miracles moving up the scale from not just, um, you know, those coincidences to if you do see a medium and they're able to clear their mind enough and connect with the unseen realm and bring your loved ones forward. There are some fantastic mediums who have brought up, brought in such great evidence that our loved ones are there. To me, those are miracles. They're using their divine soul self and, and able to produce those kind of things. Higher on the scale, there's something that I call these fantastic occurrences. Now, you heard me talk about Scott Milligan earlier and these things called apports, which definitely, if you get something that appears out of nowhere, you know, that's miraculous. But even living in my own life, I had not too long ago lost an earring and I went frantic trying to find it. Couldn't find it. I took the one remaining earring and I put it back into my suitcase in a little pocket. And and this was at my mom's house. And I said, next time I'm here, I am going to look again. And next time I got to my mom's house, I just scoured my bedroom there. I couldn't find my favorite gold earring. And so I decided, you know, perhaps it's time to get rid of the the only earring I had. And when I opened my bag in that little pocket, both earrings were there. So to me, miracle. I mean, I I, I was left speechless because I know for a fact there was only one earring in there. Full-blown miracles. I don't know if you've read the book, uh, Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. But Dying to Be Me, um, Anita had had cancer and she was in really terrible shape. They couldn't give her any more treatments. She was newly engaged. 
She ended up having a near-death experience, and in this experience, she was told that she would get full healing if she came back and told people about the reality of the afterlife. And being a new, uh, you know, she was engaged, so um, in love with her fiancé, she decided to come back and do just that, and she made this promise to the divine source, and within just a couple of weeks, she got 100% healing. That to me is a miracle. And she has gone on to write a book and dedicate her life to teaching people about the reality of the afterlife. Now, I have a good friend who was sharing to me about a friend of his who was dying from stage four colon cancer. Also, he was moved into hospice. He couldn't get any more treatment. And at that time, I was reading a book called Health and Science with Keys to the Scripture by Mary Baker Eddy. And she had written this book well over 100 years ago. You can still find the free PDF copy. In fact, I'll I'll put that in the um, description of this episode so you can have a link to that. But a woman had told me about all these miracles that she had witnessed, miracle healings. And she said, all it takes is for people to read the testimonial section of the book at the end, which is actually called Fruitage. And I decided to read that. And it's all stories of people really understanding in my language that their soul's having a human experience and these miracle healings that will, would occur. So I told my friend who had the friend with the colon cancer, I said, you know, this may sound nuts, but I have to tell you about this book. So he ended up having this man's friend, um, this man's wife actually read this fruitage section to her husband and lo and behold, his cancer went away. He had a full blown healing. And that to me is an on the court example of someone I know, I mean, it was his good friend, so I believe him, that healings can occur. I've talked to people that are healers on the show. I don't believe that everybody is meant to have a physical healing. I do believe that when physical healings do occur, it is a signal to themselves and everybody around of what's possible from this divine source. But I also do believe, because we are human, that we each have a limited time here on planet Earth, and maybe our souls know how long that is. I'm really not sure but we can't escape this alive. We're not, I don't think we're all meant to have miracle healings because we have to depart some way, but maybe the healing occurs to us emotionally um, or something like that. But I do think it's always worth investigating. So that's pretty great, you know, and when you move up the spectrum past healing, there are, you know, you get up to the miracles of people like Jesus and and some of the other masters that have uh, walked this earth. But I hmm, believe that we all possess the potential of being the highest soul we can while we're in our bodies. And part of that is raising our vibration. And I know everybody talks about vibrations and, you know, I don't want to go down a tunnel that doesn't sound too exciting, but when we feel better, good things happen. And when we feel worse, I think that's a great opportunity for negative things to occur. I had a time in my life that I was really dabbling in 
this power of intention and power of prayer and power of gratitude. And I had a couple of things happen to me that I can't think of any other reason they happened as opposed as except for this really was my divine soul in action. My mom and I were flying from different places and we were going to meet each other in Las Vegas. I probably sound like a gambler here. (laughs) Two trips to Las Vegas I'm talking about on one episode. But it was just going to be a girls weekend. See the shows, have some nice meals. So I had some incredibly long layover I was supposed to have, I think in Salt Lake City, changing airplanes before flying on to Vegas. And I know I was sitting on that airplane going, I don't want to spend three hours in Salt Lake City. And so guess what? I didn't have to spend three hours in Salt Lake City because our plane had an emergency landing and we were stranded in, gosh, somewhere in the Midwest for four hours on the airplane because of a sick passenger. So I was really now, I was at the point where I'm going to miss the flight to Las Vegas. I'm going to miss a day spending with my mom. And I was upset about it. But that was the time I was really dabbling with What's possible when we change our vibrations? What's possible if we have a positive intention? So what I decided to do, and I had no evidence that this would work, but instead of being angry and upset when our flight finally took off to go to Salt Lake City, I sat there imagining that I got to Salt Lake City, the flight to Vegas was running late, that the gate had changed, so I didn't have to change terminals, that I, that the gate had changed to the one right next to where I was arriving from and that that flight was delayed also, that I got off the one flight, walked over to the other, handed the gate agent my boarding pass. I, surprise, got upgraded to first class, which at the time I wasn't traveling that much, but I was a frequent flyer. So I imagined this first class ticket popping out and then I imagined myself getting on this airplane to Las Vegas and lo and behold, I get to the airport, there's mom waiting for me. So I had no evidence that something like this was possible. It didn't matter. I kept imagining it over and over and over again. And of course, my mind's kicking in going, it's never going to work. That's stupid. You know how our minds operate. But I tried not to listen. And I tried to really sit in the gratitude of being with my mom, how surprised I was that that flight was delayed. And so honest to God, I got to Salt Lake City, I'm looking at my clock, and I would have have missed that flight to Las Vegas. Get off the flight, I look up, cross the way, there's the flight to Las Vegas. It was delayed. I walked up to the gate, handed the gate agent my ticket, up pops the ticket to first class, got on the plane, got to Las Vegas, there was my mother waiting for me. My mind, miracle. How did that happen? One can only believe my power of intention, my gratitude for it, using my creativity to visualize it. And then I think, you know, souls in the afterlife, you think it, it happens. Here on earth, we have this extra dimension of, you know, time and space. But I think we, I, I think we have what it takes and we have it within us. So then, uh, as you may or may not know, My day job is working with race car teams, having a catering business with my mom. I have a friend named David Brabham, who is a 
race car driver. And I tell him my story. And he says, Sandra, I've always wanted to win the 24 hours of Le Mans in France. Big, big, big race. So he says, can you help me? And I said, well, you know, let's see. I don't know. So together we visualized exactly what it would look like, how just in the last few laps of the race, he'd pass whoever was in the lead. And, um, and then lo and behold, he'd win this big race. And then we visualized him in winner's circle, wearing a big wreath of flowers and spraying the champagne. And so you know, the homework was, okay, you visualize this when you go home, I'll visualize this when I go home. And so together on that day that the race happened, I was on my couch, where I'm recording this episode right now, watching the TV, he was in France. And lo and behold, in the last hour of the race, he passed that car, he won the race, he was on the victory podium, with the big wreath of flowers, and he was spraying champagne. And I have to tell you, I cried my eyes out because it's like we created that, like that happened. So as human beings, we all have this internal voice that, <coughs> excuse me, makes us think that we really are human beings, that we, we are not these souls having a human experience. It's very often not, of our, not our friend, it doesn't give us empowering words, but we are, we are powerful, powerful souls. I think something important to do is when that inner voice chimes in and tells you you're a failure, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're too old, whatever it is, too big, too small, that that is not who we really are. If you were to ask your friends and family what they love about you and they start telling you you're generous, you're kind, you're funny, you're smart, you get things done, you know, all of those things that's who you really are. You are how the people around you see you as. You're not the person that your inner voice says you are, the inner negative voice. So I want to read just a couple of things from my book right now to give you some tools to living a miraculous life. And if you have the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death, you're welcome to read along with me. If you don't have it, if you become part of my insiders club, we don't die radio.com, up will pop, put in your email address to be part of the insiders club. It says read a few chapters of my book, and it's actually the whole book. So you can read along. Um, I want you to have the best life possible. And I'm going to give you everything I've got so that that happens. The first thing I want to read to you is from page 256. This is called Creation, a Sioux Indian story. The creator gathered all of creation and said, I want to hide something from humans until they are ready for it. It is the realization that they create their own reality. The eagle said, give it to me. I will take it to the moon. But the creator said, no, one day they will go there and they will find it. The salmon said, I will bury it on the bottom of the ocean. No, they will go there too. The buffalo said, I will bury it on the great plains. The creator said, they will cut into the skin of the earth and find it even there. Grandmother Mole, who lives in the breast of Mother Earth and who has no physical eyes but sees with spiritual eyes said, put it inside of them. And the creator said, it is done. So my friend, within each one of us, we actually have the recipe 
the tools to make things happen. On page 262 of my book, We Don't Die, I actually listed 10 daily habits to supercharge your life. And truthfully, I haven't been able to do all 10 on a given day, but pick some that work for you because I think these really help raise the vibration. So one of the first habits is in the morning, wake up your soul self. Now this is the, usually it's very easy to walk, wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but waking up your soul self means waking up and have a notepad right next to you and write down some of the things people love about you. And it takes something to really think about it, but then all of a sudden you think, oh, I'm not so bad. Yeah, people like me for this and that. And also take a few minutes and write down some of the successes that you've had. Because it's so easy for us to buy into what the mind says, that we're not good enough or that we can't do something. But when you start looking at the things that you have done and you are successful at, you start going, hey, I'm not so bad. This raises your vibrations. The next thing is think your own thoughts. I tell you, if you try to quiet your mind, your mind will keep giving you thoughts. And most of the time, they're not so positive. So thinking your own thoughts really means um, creating things in your mind like you want them to be, using the power of your imagination. Yeah, instead of just taking automatically the thoughts that you have, challenging them, challenging them. Like you can really say, I'm not going to think this right now. Instead, I'm going to think of what I'm grateful for. Be present is another habit. Being present means being 100% fully there when you're there. Whatever you're looking at, whatever you're listening to, whatever you're feeling, whoever you're talking to, be fully there. It also means taking time to quiet your mind. The mediums and trance mediums and people that can connect with the unseen world, what they do is they quiet that inner voice and they put in that request to whether you call it God, your loved ones, spirit friends, to give messages. So, you know, and I think you, like me, might be someone who has some great ideas in the shower. It's because we're in the present moment, we're relaxed, and great things, great thoughts can happen. Eat healthy foods and exercise. Now, I fight my own battles with overeating sometimes and not exercising, but I do believe that the more healthfully we can eat, And the more activity we have, um, the better off we are. So all we can do is do the best we can. You know, if you can squeeze in an apple today or go out for a walk, get some sunshine on you, it's all good. Make a difference for another person. When we can take our sights off of ourselves, and even if it's helping someone, and there was an older woman who was having trouble getting her bag off the baggage carousel when I got to Los Angeles. Little thing. You know, but look for opportunities to serve another. And I do believe that raises our uh, vibration immensely. Do something that makes you feel good. What makes you feel good? Laughter, movie, listening to your favorite music, calling a good friend, those kind of things. Having something in the future that you're looking forward to. Uh, I was so looking forward to this symposium that as exhausted as I was, I was still energized. So have something in the future that you're looking forward to laugh, try something new, have integrity and be responsible. There's something about being your word. That's what integrity is. And it can be as simple as you tell somebody you'll meet them at a restaurant at six o'clock, be there at the restaurant at six o'clock, be there 10 minutes early, 
When people know you for your word, you have power. You also have power internally. Now, I know there's traffic that can happen, things like that. Make a phone call. I'm going to be 10 minutes late. That's integrity. But when you can look at yourself in the mirror, knowing that you've done the best job you can, you can respect yourself. People can respect you. And I do think that raises your vibration and things happen. Being responsible means this. Imagine you're driving down a road and a tree falls in the road in front of you. Now you're given two options because now you probably have to go to work or to a very important meeting. If you are not responsible and you're a victim, you could spend days complaining and moaning about this tree that fell in front of you. And it really doesn't get, get you anywhere. Instead, if you put on the hat of being responsible, it's like, you know what? I chose to take that road. If I didn't, you know, that tree wouldn't have been in my way. Or had I left 15 minutes earlier, that wouldn't have happened. Now, I can't tell you that being responsible is the absolute truth, but I can tell you that it puts you back in the driver's seat of your life and keeps you more positive than spending two or three days or hours complaining. Because I think complaining really sets you down on the wrong road of lowering your vibration. In the evening, how about a gratitude exercise or actually a gratitude exercise anytime can be as simple as if you're in a bad mood, take out a piece of paper and write down 10, 15, 20 things that you feel grateful for. And your inner voice, that voice, the negative one is not really going to want to play with this. But if you take a time saying, I have a roof over my head, I have friends that love me, you start writing things down, it'll actually shift how you feel. You can give gratitude for things that even haven't happened yet. And a case in point, there was a young fellow years ago that I had a massive crush on, and I would have loved anything to go on a date with him. And not that you can really sway people's feelings, and I wasn't trying to do that, but I kept writing in my journal that this fella um, calls me and asks me out on a date, and there was no sign in the universe that this would have ever happened but I kept visualizing it just for fun. Well, all of a sudden, somehow he got my phone number and he called me and he asked me out on the date. Now, it didn't add up to anything, which was fine. But I think the moral of the story is if we can create it in our mind and give gratitude for it, there's more of a chance that it can happen. So just to sum everything up, I think our feelings are most important for us being a soul having a human experience and making things happen. You know, raise the vibration as corny as it may sound. I do think that when we feel terrible, we really aren't broadcasting the energy for having things to occur. Whereas when we feel good, we can attract like-minded people and like-minded things and, and our dreams come true. So I want to read to you one last time the definition of a miracle a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by nature or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. So how about you and I wear a little badge that says we are a, the mem a member of the divine agency and we take some time to remember that we're souls having a human experience. Get involved with other people speaking the same lingo. Uh, I gave a challenge to the people at the Afterlife Symposium. How are you going to keep this alive for yourself? 
I made 800 of the little wristbands that say we don't die on the outside and on the inside they say I am a divine soul and I said wear one you know inside out you, you know what it says you don't have to advertise we don't die but have this experience somehow that you remember it make friends if you're available Go to victorzamet.com forward slash Zoom. Join one of the Zoom meetings. You know, schedule yourself to be having this conversation. I really thank you for listening to this show because hopefully every episode you listen to helps remind you of who you are. I would love to see you either in person at one of the upcoming events, even though, again, I don't know exactly where they're going to be. Stay on the mailing list and I will definitely um, let you know as soon as possible. I know for myself, Scott Milligan is going to do an online course about physical mediumship. And he actually teaches us how to blend with the, the spirit world. And he's fantastic. And that if you go to scottmilligan.net, and then I think events, and then online, it's called physical mediumship, dispelling the myths and um, 100% money back guarantee if you're not delighted. So no risk in joining. But it's something where you can be part of something. And it's all filmed. So if you can't be there present, you know, they'll send you the, the video replay. But anything that you can do to help you remember that you are a divine soul having a human experience, that's, that's what I'm up to. So this is a rather lengthy episode. I want to thank you, obviously, for listening. And just a reminder, I've said it a hundred times, but we don't die radio.com home base. Make sure you're on the Insiders Club. You'll be the first to receive all information about future events. I also have my audio there called How to Survive Grief. I do believe that grief is a thing that probably brought us together today. So I've got some good resources for you there. I've got a PDF file, my 19 reasons to believe in the afterlife. And then there's also, it says several chapters from my book, We Don't Die. But you and I now know that it's the whole book. So you can read it free of charge. So in closing, Sandra Champlain is my name. Life After Death is my game. I just made that up. Very funny. But I'm always happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So pick one of those things I talked about. Even do something that makes you feel good today, right now, and just see how the rest of your day goes. So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. <music>